0: don't even need a microphone check this time i know we're good we are back once again this is the atp podcast around the post it's your boy jay with mark figarroa in the building i rolled that a little too hard um and yeah, 151, 151. You know, 1 plus 5 plus 1 equals 7. 7. It's a lucky number. Um, it's a very lucky week for me. I um, usually don't bring this kind of stuff up on this podcast, but went to the casino, made some money, so... Hey. Feeling pretty good, man. Feeling good about the lucky number 7. Um, what are we doing today? How are you feeling? Oh, there's a lot of tennis news for sure. So, just, just get to it.
1: So... Uh, First off, we're going to start with the WTA Uh, side note here. There was Mm. a Ukrainian fencer who won a match, but then got disqualified for not shaking hands. Really? The reason why I bring that up is obviously you have Svitolina refusing to shake people's uh, Russian players and Belarusian players' Mm. hands. So the WTA for Washington decided to allow... No shaking of hands because they said it's too awkward. We're just going to let it fly. Whether or not it's going to continue for the other tournaments, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But for Washington, Ukrainian players, they're good with not shaking Russian and Belarusian players' hand. Mm-hmm.
0: What are your thoughts on that? That's uh, that's kind of crazy. You know, they seem to be so protective of culture with... Um so many other things in the game of tennis and this is a gentleman and gentlewoman sport and stuff like that but now there's a green light to not shake hands, huh? Yes. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm okay with that.
1: I mean, there's been so many uh, players that do it that they the the Ukrainians have just stated we're not going to do it. Hmm. So I think that them actually having a rule in place it makes it a lot better. Yeah. So we're going to move on to Wozniacki uh, her first match is confirmed. It's going to be in
0: Montreal. This mm. is
1: her first match uh, since having a baby. Uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, looking forward to it. Very excited. Um, do we have any predictions on the way things are going to go? Honestly, I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't.
1: I wouldn't even know where to start with that. So mm. you could tread some uh, dangerous waters if you say the wrong thing. So. Yes, exactly. So now we're going to go to Prague in the czech republic so there was a russian player trying to get into the country because they have a tournament there uh as we speak Mm -hmm. she was turned down Mm. and then uh the government there said russian tennis players belarusian tennis players don't even bother showing up we'll turn you back out you're not entering the country
0: wow what are your thoughts on that that's pretty insane um it's real it is real out there and I don't want to belittle or pretend that the way this country or countries feel is irrelevant. You know, there there are sensitive things going on right now, yes. you know, that are much bigger than me and you or how we feel from a distance. So, it's it's pretty crazy to see the gravity of the situation and how it's affecting even things like a 250 event or a 500 event. So, yes. Pretty big deal.
1: Yes, for sure. Uh, Now going on to some tennis news. Uh, Karolina Pliskova has split from Sasha Bayan for the second time. Hmm. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? You think Sasha Bayan will uh, get a job real quick?
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, His reputation will keep him employed for a very long time. And it is just funny that he likes to just take these WTA player beatings, you know? Yes, (laughs) yes. He gets pumped and dumped a lot, so... Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens next for him. I don't have really any guesses for where he could go next, but a lot of players could use a coach. Well, uh, this next uh,
1: topic could have been one of the places he could have gone, Hmm. but Coco Goff said it's time for her to turn her game around. She hired a new coach. Yes. And the advisor is the most important part of this story. Hmm. She said that she knows she has a weak forehand. She wants to... Uh, uh, improve that she says she has a big serve already but location is her problem and she's willing to get down and dirty now the advisor is Mm. Brad Gilbert Mm. former uh, coach of Andre Agassi Mm. what are your thoughts on Brad
0: Gilbert uh, advising Coco Goff look I'm not from the Mm. the Brad Gilbert Agassi pairing era so you'll have to educate me a bit on that dynamic because I've watched all the old Agassi matches but I can't talk to you or speak to Brad Gilbert's impact on the Agassiz game. Um, but what I can speak to is she's finally falling. We knew she would eventually. But it's so exciting to hear her literally acknowledge the parts of her game that need just a little bit of work for her to transcend. I mean, she's been a relatively consistent top 10, top 15 player for a very long time. She's been present at tournaments for a very long time now. And it's just been these little small things holding her back. Yes. So it's so good for her to vocalize and, and make the changes. Yes. Uh,
1: Brad Gilbert made a huge change in Agassi's game. Yeah. That was when he fell out of the top 200 and he had to play the challengers. Mm. And he got Gil Reyes, who was his uh, uh, conditioning coach. Mm. And he was training out in the dirt, uh, running laps in the dirt, hills, everything. And Jeez. he he became a monster. Mm-hmm. And that's when he finally won the French Open. Yeah. So he's, uh, uh, Brad Gilbert, uh, he's a good coach.
0: Okay. For sure. So that's great news to hear. Yes. We know that he, uh, Brad Gilbert has had a presence for his opinions and what he writes about and stuff like that. He's He's been very vocal about things over the last few decades, but yeah, I just wasn't sure. Yes, for sure. And
1: uh, he also helped out uh, uh, Murray a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- he's he's definitely the the right coach to have and it's definitely going to make an impact for sure now going to the uh you know what let me cover uh iga okay. iga won the polish open as uh, she should yes and she's the uh, the first polish player ever to win her home country's tournament
0: that's pretty crazy yes that, um, that is crazy any thoughts on that yeah that's i mean thank god it happened you know yes. we, we talk a lot about like The U.S. Open, when's the last time an American won it? Yes. Uh, Wimbledon, of course. The huge, huge, huge topic of when's the next time someone from the U.K. will win Wimbledon? And they put so much pressure on Andy Murray to do it until he finally pulled it off. And, I mean, it seems like with Rafa and uh, Roger, they just won their country tournaments casually all the time, you know? So, what was it, Basel and... um, I mean, Rafa. We pretty Barcelona. much could say, yeah, yes. Barcelona." But I mean, Rafa dominated most of the clay event. So yes, but yeah, you know, this is this is pretty awesome to hear. And I do wonder how often she will be returning to this event.
1: I'm yes, curious sir. about that. Yes, uh, Rafa uh, struggled to win Madrid, but he was winning Barcelona religiously. Yeah, so that was good. And a special shout out here to Roos. She becomes the oldest player in tour history to win a wta event at the age of
0: 32 the oldest women's player Correct. To win a, okay to, to yeah. win a, a
1: wta event at the age of 32 she's a career high ranking at 42 right
0: now as we speak wait hold on wait 32 is not the oldest right of a woman winning a wta event event not a grand slam oh okay a non-grand yeah. slam yes okay wow that's a that's an oddball record i feel like that's gonna get broken in no time
1: yeah so special shout out to her serena didn't do that really you have to remember she really didn't play a lot of uh, a thousand events and stuff like that she was really focused on the The slams the slams interesting okay so congratulations to her she won Hamburg.
0: that's a pretty good tournament too
1: yes okay so now going back to iga again uh jimmy aris he's a tennis uh Tennis Channel commentator. Mm -hmm. He also played on the tour. He made a very interesting comment about Iga. He said that Iga is no good for the WTA. He said that she is bland. When she plays, you can't even see her face. She's too shy. She's not charismatic. She has nothing to bring to the table as the leader of the WTA. Mm. You said that in order to be the face, you need to have charisma. And she just doesn't have it. She's not it. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Aris' opinion on Iga? Uh,
0: I think it's a lame opinion. I think that the number one most important thing for someone like Iga is to be an ideal role model, first and foremost, and to push the actual game itself forward athletically. She is an incredible athlete. She's bringing spin to the game. She's opening the court up. She's taking the ball early. She's physically dominating on the women's tour. And she's stepping her game up on all surfaces. Who else has done that in the last seven or eight years? Yes. for the, As a yeah. first timer, you know, who's a newcomer who's done that? There is no one. No one is even close to that. Um, we were still talking about Serena, Venus, you know, these players who debuted over 10 years ago. Those are the people who have done that. So, yeah, I I can't agree with him at all. I mean, she's even gone as far as allowing herself to be exposed on something like Breakpoint. Yes. You know, where she is giving you access to who she is and giving you an inside look at behind the scenes of what she does. She's doing the, the roundtable stuff or, you know, she's providing opportunities for media to get more access to her so unfortunately i can't agree with him is she exciting or controversial is she a nut does she have a wild personality is she an oddball or weird no she is a a professional athlete a normal professional athlete with a level head that is honest i i can't not like that so i'm a fan i think she's great
1: yes uh curious as a matter of fact came to uh Iga's defense, Jimmy Harris did go after Kyrios as well Mm. a a couple of weeks prior. Mm. But he said, yeah, you're out of your mind. So that's what he pretty much tweeted. But let's play devil's advocate. I thought about this one a lot. Ash Barty, do you think she was charismatic? Do you think Iga and Ash Barty are similar?
0: Um, In some ways, yeah. I think Ash Barty, if if we're going to get technical, Ash Barty was a worse face for women's tennis. She was more private, more shy, less outgoing, to the point of she was an overtly introverted player. She didn't even like the tour that much. She left the tour and came back. you know. So I love Barty, by the way. Yes. I enjoyed watching her play. I think she's a great face for tennis as well. But I'm just saying Iga is a better face overall than Barty was, for sure. We were not going to see Barty on breakpoint. For sure. We weren't going to see that. She's a family oriented person. She was not in media heavily. The most you got out of her was a press conference, and that's pretty much where it stopped for her. You know, unless it was something that was the pride of Australia, she wasn't stepping outside of her comfort zone for anyone. So, you know, it's unusual that people are trying to find a reason to dislike Ega, it feels like. Yes. You know, or t- they're being nitpicky.
1: Yes, they're comparing her to Serena, saying she's not as dominant as Serena. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's why I thought about this, because Barty wasn't outgoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, just, she just let her racket through the talking. Mm. So I don't see what Jimmy Harris is really talking about. Yeah. So that's why I brought that up. Mm. But this is actually a funny story. I'm going to read it. I'm going to have to. It's a little long, but bear with me. Sissy Pass is forecasting harder times if he stays with Badosa. Hmm. Let me read what he said. Okay. I miss her so much. And I talk to her and I talk to her about it every day. We have a great connection between us. It's the first time in a long time that we're not together. Uh Uh-oh. Now I realize how much I miss her and how much she misses me. Mm. This is how reality will be if we continue together. Oh what are your thoughts on stefano's predicting the future with bedosa very
0: ambiguous ending there is that a dark ending or will there be brighter days um this he's 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 a moron he's too much he's too much for me um i would be more understanding if this was coming from bedosa the fact that this is coming from him call me sexist Say that this is a what is it? Oh, what is the for a double standard? Yes, I don't care what you call it. I don't want to hear any of this from him. I will allow it from her, but the fact that he's the guy, oh, you know, I, I miss her so much. And if this continues forward, I don't know what's going to happen. Why are you saying this on a public platform? What is wrong with you? This is ridiculous. <laughs> like this man's tennis can't be going upward. There's no way he's going to play better tennis with his head wherever it's at. So. Bedosa, you know how to pick him, that's for sure. No, jeez, yes. Um Yeah, I, I'm not liking this. I'm already not a big CC Pa the personality fan. So he's not helping the case at all with this.
1: Yes, he's he's random guy, you know, just he's just I thought he was weird from the get go. I es, did too. Especially with the whole French open, oh I I took sleeping pills and I couldn't play and <sighs> I mean it, he's just too much. So I just thought that the Uh, listeners would be entertained yeah i mean that's entertaining for sure by this so now we're going to get unfortunately to the bad part of the wta here you know that there's a big pay gap in rome that it's almost triple the uh, pay gap between a man and a woman winning the championship Mm -hmm. here it's the same this is the only combined wta and atp event in Washington, it's the only one. It's the only 500 combined event. Mm-hmm. So that means that both ATP and WTA are playing at the same time in one stadium. Yeah. The pay gap is three times more for the ATP than the WTA. Where is this at? In Washington. Wow. So the champion in Washington for the men gets paid 338000 The mm. champion. The women champion, 120. Wow. What are your thoughts?
0: America. The land of equality. It's a little disappointing. It's a little bit disappointing to hear that. Um, it's a 500 event with the WTA. All I can truly imagine it being is maybe they're not running it correctly and getting all the big name women to come out to make it make sense. And they're basing it off the metrics of who is selling the most tickets and filling the most seats. That's all I can imagine it being, you know, because there are some 500 events that the popular women don't go to, you know, they're just not a part of the popular end of the tour. You know, it it doesn't flow well with people's flight plans and stuff like that. And I can imagine that being part of the problem. But triple is pretty ridiculous. That's That's a lot lot of money. That's a lot of money yeah I, I don't like that that's that's too big of a gap.
1: Yes uh, again, it happens in Rome where it's almost triple as well mm. and uh, you can't you can't put this time that oh the men are bringing more money. I mean the women they have the their own big three quote unquote they're competing as well. there's, mm. there's uh, women that men are earn to win. the uh, tennis fans are coming out to watch. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, oh, they're the men are bringing more money. Mm-hmm. And when Wimbledon, who took the longest time to pay uh, the uh, women equally to the men, mm. is paying them equal, it's time.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's Someone's got to put their best foot forward at this point. If the slams are willing to do it, why can't a 500 event do it?
1: Exactly. I don't understand it. Exactly. So we're going to move on to the men. Here we got <clears throat> Stanimal reached his... Um, Excuse me, <clears throat> Reached his first uh, final since 2019. Unfortunately, he did lose to uh, Poprin, Mm-hmm. but he's still making some noise. Yes, uh, he is. What are your thoughts on this animal?
0: Uh, I, I can't lie to you. I was super excited for him when I heard that. Well, when I saw he was going to the final because his semifinal match, I'm trying to remember who he played he San- had Senego. Senego. He yeah, he had a great match against Senego. Senego is not a pushover player. No. That is a big boy name and yeah, he he took him out and that's when I went, "Okay, we should keep our eye out for this guy." And yeah, I'm I'm really excited for what's coming forward for Stan. He looked good even against Popperin for the most part. Yes. Um I hope he's able to continue these deep runs.
1: Yes, exactly. And um he reached his 31st ATP final. And again, the first since 2019. So special mm. shout out to him, especially when Djokovic, uh, when they played in um, Wimbledon, mm-hmm. uh, Djokovic was saying, uh, he and um, Stanimal and I are combining, we're the old men. Mm-hmm. And people are starting to laugh and they're all, well, I'm old too. I'm 36 years old, mm. Djokovic. Mm-hmm. And Stanimal's still doing it at a high level. That's pretty good. So yeah, congrats. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have uh, the Atlanta champion being Taylor Fritz. And the Hamburg champion being, oh, excuse me, uh, Zverev. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, um, it's cool to see Fritz. Kind of, he's really found a way to maintain his level since that first run at Indian Wells. He's done a great job of just being present on the tour and making himself not be that guy with a big serve that's American, and more so that guy that is consistently in the top ten. You know, he's made that transition over the last year and I'm impressed by it. I do think that there are still some things to be desired from his game in general to really get him to that next hump, to that next level. But as of right now, I can't lie, you know, he's he's played respectable tennis. He's losing when he loses in slams, it's usually a five setter. Um when he's winning, he's usually going deep. And his level, it, it can, you could call it streaky. You know, he does have some early exits here and there, but he returns and redeems himself in other events. So I do anticipate Taylor Fritz being in the World Tour Finals this year. Oh, yeah, big time. I do anticipate him making uh, a redemption run at the U.S. Open. That's a hot take for me for sure. But he was the guy we really expected to go to quarters, semis last year at the U.S. Open. Right. Uh, so maybe he can figure it out this year.
1: Uh, do you have any thoughts on Zverev winning
0: Hamburg? Yeah. Um, Zverev, for me, you know, <laughs> I I was more so upset he beat Fees, uh, yes. the young kid. I was going to bring him up next. Okay. I won't say too much on that yet then, but that was really the story for me of that tournament. And I'm a big fan of that kid. Yes. And Zverev... I'm not surprised by this win. He's he's a good player. You know, he just chokes. You know, he <laughs> chokes or gets injured. You know, right. that's kind of his story. But he's a great player. So him winning this event is normal. It's, it's nothing to really write home about. It's nothing to draw information from or make assumptions on. This isn't a sign of the times for him to me. Um, he didn't beat anyone mind-boggling on his run. To tell you, you should watch out for him. You know this. This was a very basic run for him at this event. So, and um, this is technically a a home tournament. Yes, for I was going to say he's at home. Yeah, he's at home, so he better win it, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not saying a whole lot about this for him. Good job, though.
1: So Arthur Feist, uh, as you just stated, he's the first. He's the youngest uh, player in the ATP top fifty. Mm. so he just got into the top 50 by this um massive run he had in Hamburg he beat Caspar Rood uh on the way six mm-hmm. four
0: six sorry six oh six four for his first uh top 10 win well, timeout though timeout because Kasper Rood is handing out everyone's first time top 10 win he's handing them out like they're free candy on Halloween but but still I mean I'm just top- saying this is the asterisk first top 10 win Look, if someone beats Casper Ruud, are we really going this guy's going to beat top 10 players? I don't know if I want to say that yet. Um, I think you can say more
1: that about Felix, although Felix is not in the top 10. but Very true, though. Yet, I very think you true. could say, oh, if somebody beats Felix, oh, oh, he's top 20. Should we asterisk that? I think that's more than Ruud, in my a, opinion. He's having a rough run. He's yes. having a rough
0: run. Okay, that's fair. But, yeah, with Fee, um, he looks like he, he's one of my cousins, so I really like him a lot. Um, and I like his energy out there and I think he's got a fairly bright future. We know Frenchmen usually last long on the tour and yes. they're fun to watch so it's nice to see one that's also winning. but as we know with all Frenchmen they always start out winning in their early years on the pro tour and then they fizzle out and just become fun to watch. So hopefully he isn't he doesn't end up being a Manfi, a Sanga, a Beneteau, a, you know all these Frenchmen who were very fun to see. But kind of just disappear. Yes. You know?
1: So we got the the rankings here. We got Poprin with his win going up to 57, up 33 spots. Sheesh. We have the Stanimal uh, with his final. Uh, he went up 23 spots to be in the top 50. Wow. In Australia, he Big was news. in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And he went all the way to 49 now. So congrats to him. Zverev by winning Hamburg. Uh, went up three spots he is number 16 in the world and fees he's the big mover of the week 24 spots in the top 50 for the first
0: time at 47 what are your thoughts i want i want to say this because i was looking at the rankings earlier that rankings of 40 through 50 is a crazy black hole of monsters do you i want to look at these rankings just so i can read to you who's in the 40 through 50 rankings It is crazy. Um, I know for a fact... I I don't even want to spoil it because I know some of them by heart. I want to read them all in order. Okay, I'm going to start at number 50. I'm lying. I'm going to start at number 49. Because number 50, I don't even know who he is. At number 49, we have Stan Wawrinka. Number 47, Arthur Fee. Number 45, J.J. Wolf. Number 44, Andy Murray. Number 43, Ben Shelton. Number 41, Sonego. Number 40, Berrettini. That's yeah, that about a that's a losses. little over half of the 40 through 50. And those are household... Let me calm down. They're not household. Those are big names in the tennis world. Yes. And anyone in the top 10 can draw them in the first or second... Well, in the second round of a major slam. That's crazy. You can draw Ben Shelton, Stan Wawrinka, Andy Murray... In your f- first match of a slam, that's disgusting.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So we're going to talk about Andy Murray since you brought him up. Uh, he said he admitted that he watched Djokovic and Alcaraz at Wimbledon. He said he took notes
0: mm-hmm. and learned how to return. A true student. A and, true student. In timeout yes. for listeners who don't know, would you would you comfortably say Andy Murray's a top five returner in history? Oh, big time. Yes. So he's taking notes on those two.
1: Yes. Crazy to hear. Yes. And as a matter of fact, uh, I caught a little bit of his match today. And he is. So when he served, his stance was wider. Mm -hmm. But now he's not rocking back as much. Mm -hmm. And he closed his stance a little more. So, he's, he's going a little more defensive uh, serve, but he's more balanced than before. Mm. So, he's changing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And he said, I- I'm taking notes. I'm a student of the game. Mm. As a matter of fact, it worked because he beat Nakashima today. He did. Comfortably. Comfortably,
0: yes. Mm. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Sir Andy Murray? I love Andy Murray. and what he's doing really just for me speaks to how he was so successful on the tour and has so many tournament wins. He, he's insane. He's got so many victories throughout his entire career. He's got, I mean, was it this year he beat uh Bertini? Yes. At the Australian Australian open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just coconut right after that. He's a machine, you know, and, He's someone who I wouldn't say he's ever been super flashy. I don't think he's a super flashy player, but he's absolutely stunning to watch play. He's truly a student. He's got an analytical mind, and I think it's carried him and made him who he is. So big shout-out to Andy Murray. Um, he is the best of the rest. Literally. Oh, yes, big time. You know, so And it's not close.
1: Yes. So uh, we do have a little bit more Stefanos news after his uh, – uh love uh, towards Bedosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have him <laughs> returning with Philopuss. Mm. so he they uh, called it a split. They had a split, and now he told him to rejoin the the group as his coach, uh, Philopuss. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on uh uh Stefano's asking Philopuss to return?
0: I think he needs something new in his life, not the same stuff. I think that CC Pa needs to talk to Coco Goff, get some advice on where her mindset is, because he's a little bit stunted right now. Um, And this is all the antics and bias aside. He has hit a wall. He's at a plateau. And I don't see him breaking through it without making some major changes somewhere in his game or in his environment. So I thought Bedosa might be the answer, but it doesn't look like it. I guess not. (laughs) So, Nadal has
1: returned to light training, and he's hoping that by the end of the month, he returns to full uh, training on court. Mm. What are your thoughts on
0: Nadal's uh, news? I'm not going to lie. I kind of forgot about our boy uh, a little bit. He's been in the back of my mind. I'm I'm happy to hear about it. Um, I hope that he's going to make a speedy recovery, but you know it seems to me that he when i've never heard him say something like next year will be my last year ever and so i really believe him and so you know i just hope that he makes it a good last year and it's not like a fetter <laughs> final year you know he comes out and makes a true run he plays all his events maybe sneaks a french open you know oh so yes small. you know something like that that make me really excited and that's pretty much all I could ask for from him. So, I look forward to seeing some video footage as soon as possible.
1: Yes, for sure. Now, I'm going to pair Kyrgios with Nadal, hmm. who would never pair it at all really well. Mm-hmm. But as we know, he skipped uh, the City Open as well, and he's a defending champion there. Mm. So, he's going to fall out of the top 100. Hmm. So, before I ask you that question, I'm going to say this. Kirios said... The tour will definitely be better when myself and Rafa return.
0: What are your thoughts on that statement? He loves to like group himself in stuff. You know, like I thought his he was a Rafa in. hater. I think in in his old age, he's grown wiser. <laughs> As he's matured, he's matured so much more. But on a on a side note, he's always been realistic, right? Which is he knows Rafa is. A juggernaut on the tour. Rafa is an icon of tennis. Rafa creates conversation. He creates stakes. He makes matchups interesting. Having him in a quarter of a draw makes that draw exciting. You know, I know Kyrgios is absolutely right. And I think Kyrgios pairing himself in that is more so him trying to acknowledge that he's at that level as well. Which, that might be really the conversation to have. Is he really supposed to be in that same conversation? And when it comes to selling tickets and popularity, the answer is yes.
1: Yes, big time.
0: So, you know, it's um, it's just more so for me a matter of, we know what Rafa does when he comes back from an injury. We've seen it. Yes. What do we know about Kyrios making this return?
1: Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. You know?
0: Not much. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> We've never seen him at a low like this injury-wise. We've never seen it. So, a lot of mystery still behind his return. And what are your thoughts on him dropping out of the top 100? If you want me to be honest, he spent a lot of his career so far poorly ranked that I think he should be accustomed to having tough draws, and we should as well. Yes. Um, we. I can say this, though. Excuse me. The best year he ever had was when he got a better ranking and was able to at least get his foot in the door at events and play at least one pushover before he played the big boy names. A lot of those years where we knew he was playing very well, he was drawing Rafa in the second round, Novak in the second, you know, just drawing crazy names or very difficult matches consecutively and ending up falling out of the matches. So it's gonna be tough for him to get in that position. He's not a Rafa in my opinion, where with Rafa, I don't actually care what his seating is. I genuinely don't. I expect Rafa to beat everyone unless it's Novak. That's essentially what I expect from him. And I expect the scores to be very similar, no matter who he plays against, until he plays someone in the top 10. So, with Rafa, I don't have any concerns with where his ranking ends up. With Kyrios, I hope that he's able to play early in the year and get some points together. I hope he's able to play at Australia. I hope he's able to play maybe even a few fourth quarter matches of this year, if we were lucky, and build up points so that next year, he can try to make a run, because it's not going to be this year.
1: Yes, that's true. Now, sticking on the subject of falling out of the top 100, Karain Yabusta also has an injury. He mm-hmm. won't be able to defend his title in uh, Canada. So he's going to fall outside the top 100. Now, obviously, not a lot of people are going to know who he is, mm-hmm. but he's made a couple semifinal runs on hard court. But he's more well-known for <clears throat> when Djokovic hit, yeah, I was hit the, the uh, umpire mm-hmm. in the neck and he got disqualified. So I just wanted to mention that real quick because it's sort of the same scenario. Do you have any thoughts to, if you if you haven't want to add something?
0: Um, not a whole lot. I I do laugh because him and Novak, he's got this weird record against Novak. You yes, know? it's very unusual, um, and the the numbers are almost inflated or something. <laughs> you know, it's it's an unusual thing he's got going on with him. But but yeah, um, I don't think that's that's major news. I I don't even remember what his ranking was prior. So, I know that he's he's another one of those under the radar Spaniards. He's yeah, he's Spanish. Yes. Uh, he's one of those under the radar Spaniards that kind of goes to the quarters all the time, and you just don't notice it. Yes. Um, so he is significant and relevant, but I I don't think the tour is missing a whole lot. He you know he doesn't win the big big events. He doesn't.
1: So going back to Curios, he said that the runner-up of Wimbledon as you know that's what he did when he lost to Djokovic gets paid a million five hundred thousand he said they need to get paid more after taxes it only comes down to about nine hundred and fifty thousand euro maybe eight hundred thousand euro and he said the Wimbledon uh, finalists should get paid more than that Hmm. what are your thoughts on that
0: if I was really good at one specific tournament, I'd be fighting to raise the pay at it every day. (laughs) You know? So, (laughs) um, so I feel it, but at the same time, I think the real conversation should not be about what the grand prize for the first place winner is. There needs to be more conversations about what the challengers, the prelims, the, the journeymen, the first round and second round people, what do they get paid? And does that need to get raised? So these guys can play throughout the entire year And cover their team and travel and lodging because these guys in the top 15 are coasting. You know, they have the sponsors. They have the endorsements. They have the lodging for discounted rates. And, you know, they're making a lot more money. So, I really could care less about the prize money increasing for the number one player.
1: Yes, for sure. So, we're going to talk about Yi Bing Wu. Now, he has a condition where he, he actually faints a lot. Hmm. And he's still playing tennis. Really? So at the City Open, he was up. He was pretty much winning the match. Mm -hmm. And he actually fainted and had to be escorted off of the uh, match. So he collapsed on court. Wow. And he says that this happens a lot, but he still plays because he loves the game. What are your thoughts on that?
0: That is uh, terrifying. I did not know that at all. And... I, I want to do more research on that. You know, I've heard of multiple different conditions that lead to this. One of them being uh, people who just have sudden drops in blood pressure. Yes. Um, Stuff like that. And there are solutions to that. There are things to remedy that so you don't collapse out on the court. But obviously in tennis, it's a marathon out there. And your body's levels can change on the drop of a dime. So. That's concerning, and that's unfortunate because that makes me wonder also, this guy who is kind of a very high-potential player to do great things, what's he going to do in a five-setter at Wimbledon? Oh, yes. You know? Um, I'm I'm very curious what this means for him in the long term. He said that his uh, heart rate was at 187. <sighs> that's way up there.
1: Yeah, so uh, he said that it's happened before. And he just deals with it. So Mm. I wonder what can happen there. But that's a pretty interesting story for sure. Now we're going to get to Goran Ivanisevic. This isn't really a hot take. We've spoken about this before. But Mm. he said that at the U.S. Open, there's only three favorites at the U.S. Open. uh, Sinner, Djokovic, and Alcaraz. And those two, Sinner and Djokovic, are the only ones that can beat Alcaraz at the U.S. Open.
0: Do you have any thoughts on that? I'm adding Medvedev to the pot. That's, that's pa- fair. That's probably that's fair. the only thing I'm adding there. And that's probably the only thing I can say is not fact, or he, he forgot or isn't true. Is He's forgetting Medvedev. Everything else about that statement is pretty much on point. You know, I will say this. U.S. Open is where we've got the most surprises ever. You know, nobody said Nishikori and Chilacher favorites that year that they played in the final against each other. Yes. No one thought either of them were going to do that. So anything's possible, but I just really don't imagine Sinner, Alcaraz, or Novak not going to a semifinal the real question is who's the fourth going to be? Is Kasparu just going to float his way into another <laughs> semifinal and get steamrolled he again? Might, he might. Because that's what he seems to do so well. And he does it a lot. He does it very well and that's why his ranking is top 10 because he gets these draws at slams and he grinds his way through these five setters and he makes it. So the real question is who's going to upset Kasparu <laughs> and sneak their way into the semifinal? That's the real question of this
1: tournament. There you go. Now we have a very interesting stat here. Most weeks as ATP number one. So Alcaraz already at 31 weeks at number one is 16 in the open era with 31 weeks at number one.
0: Jeez. I thought
1: I could bring that up being the youngest. That's uh, crazy. Ever, you know, all that stuff. Obviously, Djokovic is at 300, 389. Yeah. But what are your thoughts
0: on Alcaraz? Him being number 16 for most years and um, or most time at number one Yes, is. Mind-boggling, but I, you know, what I love about that is it really speaks to the dominance of the men who reach world number one. You know, the people who've done it in the last, let's say, thirty years—about thirty years—have been a handful of people. We know the top, the top people on that list are within the last thirty years. They're Federer, Djokovic, and Pete Sampras. Yes. um, Who they they consumed countless years. So. You know, him being number 16, it's a long way to top five. But the fact he's already top 20 is pretty, pretty insane. So,
1: yes, that's for sure. He's got a lot of time. And now the last topic, which is a very interesting one. We have a djokovic uh, Federer scenario here. Mm. So on a clay court, we have Offner and Malkin. Offner was up 6-4, 5-0 match point. He ends up losing the match and he loses 6-4 7-5 7-6. Oh my goodness. So he lost when he was up 6-4 and the, he won the first set was up 5-0, gave up 7 straight games in a row. Oh my. Gosh. And then lost the the third. And now uh the ATP is they're not investigating yet, but there is a lot of talk of match fixing. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I,
0: if, here's the thing if you're fixing a match, why would you make yourself that far in the lead? Like, what is going on? That, to me, that shouldn't raise a red flag unless he's a complete idiot. You know, if you're up 5 0 and you go, whoa, 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 I'm supposed to lose this match, and you drop <laughs> seven straight games, you're going to raise a lot of eyebrows. So, I, this does not alarm me for match fixing. But this is hilarious that the game of tennis is it, this really does happen. Oh, yes. Um, this has happened with Nadal in a match, so um, pretty interesting.
1: I mean, would you go as far to say that when Djokovic beat Federer, was that match fixing? Not even close. I promise so, you,
0: Federer and Djokovic yeah. both agree. That was not a fixed match. So maybe uh,
1: it, it's going over the top right now, do you think? Or what? do you think it was just a choke a choke job?
0: I didn't watch the match, and that, that doesn't help the case. But it sounds like a choke artist. Yes. That's what it sounds like. I didn't see it to really make a true statement, but this happens in tennis, and it happens when people choke. Yeah, It's just what it is. One guy catches fire, the other guy loses momentum, and... You know, losing seven straight games is not the same as getting bageled every game. You know, these could have been deuced games. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know.
1: I don't think there's enough yet to say that it was match fixing, but we'll see if the ATP comes up with something. Mm -hmm. So, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, That's it for the day. All right. In that case, I hope you guys were entertained. ATP.